Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. And uh, we're well into it now. It's, uh, this is the 26th um, part of the series, which is a long time, uh, half a year, kind of amazing, really. And uh, I think we actually had an intro, too, and maybe at some point a little review. So we've been doing this for a while. The reason is, my hope is, that as we continue to dig into these ideas, that we'll develop a habit of, of just connecting with God in a more significant way every day. And that by just continually talking about it and working through these ideas together, that, that uh, what will be placed in us is a desire to start our days by spending a, a little bit of uh, time in God's presence and preparing ourselves for the day um, and, and then marching and moving out into the day as disciples and that as his disciples we experience the life that Jesus talks about, the full and abundant life. We have a lot of obstacles, we have a lot of things to overcome, we, we have a lot of tendencies to just kind of, as I said, push buttons and let things come at us, but that's not what our relationship with God looks like. We need to um, nurture this relationship, we need to develop it, we need to spend time with God uh, in, in order to continue to grow in Him and to experience the life that He's intended for us. So we um, are working through seven sections of Scripture together. The first three we've already talked about, get focused, get thankful, get connected, and those are really about um, our connecting with God, loving on God, which is, we said, a big part of being a disciple. And then the, the following three are, are get dressed and get encouraging and get her done. And uh, these are our moving out into the world, preparing to move out and going out and, um, you know, loving on people, which is a big part of being a disciple, loving others. And then the last section is sort of a review that I called get her done, with a question mark at the end, um, where we can sort of look at our day, hopefully at the end, and see how we did as a disciple and figure out how we might improve upon that on a pretty regular basis, which is the best way that we can love ourselves, doing the next right thing. And so that's the idea behind these sections of Scripture. And uh, we're going to start talking, we started talking last week about getting encouraging, and we're going to continue that discussion today. We're looking now at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And we talked last week about love being patient, and today we're going to talk about love being kind. And so we'll, we'll get into that in, in just a second. But I have a, have a little story for you. Um, actually, you, you'll be happy to know that last night when the recording didn't work, I, I shared some random thoughts which really were not very well received. So I decided, and, and you're going to be happy about this, not to do it again. So uh, I dug into the archive early this morning after my time with the Lord and uh, I saw this and I, and I thought you, you, you probably won't like this either but at least I got a shot at, at better, being better than last night. In his class lecture, a linguist, a linguist professor, lingu it's funny that I said that word linguist wrong, when, anyway, linguist, uh, linguistics professor, there we go. That's, there's some deeper funny there, okay, was explaining the double negative. In English, he said, a double negative forms a positive. In some languages, though, such as Russian, a double negative, negative is still a negative. However, he pointed out, there is no language wherein a double positive can form a negative. And a voice from the back of the room piped up and said, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 
Whew. And, and that was 10 times better than yesterday, I promise you. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Scripture reading. Perfectly placed. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. This is out of the message paraphrase. It says this, Instead, immense in mercy and in with an incredible love, God embraces us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Hold that in mind as we talk about the idea of love being kind. I want to look at the kindness of God to us and how that kindness should flow through us into the lives of others. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 is what we're looking at now. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. When Paul wrote these verses under the anointing of the Spirit, he used a technique wherein he introduced an idea and then he defines it in, later on in the verses. And uh, last week we said, because he starts with love is patient, love is kind. And then he defines love being patient by saying that it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, and it isn't proud. We looked at that last week. The love is kind part is defined in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, and 13, 5, where it says it isn't rude, it isn't self-seeking, it isn't easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Love is kind. First point, uh, point in your notes, love is kind. Now I said I wanted to talk about the kindness of God first because that's how this all starts. And the kindness of God is the steadfast love that maintains relationship through gracious aid in times of need. God displays his kindness to us um, by constantly uh, showing us and, and giving us his grace in the midst of everything that we're going through in our lives. Ephesians 2, 4, and 7, these verses again, but this time out of the NIV. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So, so God is pouring out his kindness upon us, demonstrated to us in Christ Jesus and in all that Jesus has done for us and continues to do, including what he did for us at the cross. Now, how does that kindness flow through us? And what does it look like? And, and so kindness as a human virtue, as it, it is to flow through the life of disciples, is this, is a helpfulness to others prompted by an experience of God's redemptive love. The kindness of God shown to us then flows through us as we respond to what he's done for us on the cross, what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Uh, in the, us, then, it should promote or give us a willingness and a desire to help other people, to love other people well. That's what kindness is all about. Colossians 3.12 Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience see we're, we're to clothe ourselves with this idea of the kindness of God flowing through us 
Um, last week I introduced a little idea to you that came from one of my favorite uh, quotations by C.S. Lewis uh, and he's describing the fall and he says that the issue was that Adam and Eve wanted to be nouns when they were created in, a, in effect to be adjectives. And that this, uh, to me, is a, a great picture of the struggle that we face. We, we spend a lot of our lives struggling trying to be nouns when the reality is uh, there's only one noun in the story, and that's him, and we're created to be adjectives, lives, living our lives in such a way that they describe um, who God is. And that when we figure that out and quit struggling to try and be nouns in our own story and be the adjectives of his story, we actually fit into the place we were created for and we begin to experience real life. But while we're in the midst of that struggle, um, oftentimes we'll have a tendency not to be kind because our primary concern in moving through our day-to-day -day lives is how things affect us. And so something happens and almost, uh, you, you can't almost help it. Your first thought is, how does that affect me? What does that mean to me? How does that affect me? And it takes us a while sometimes to get around to the bigger picture impact is, all right, well, what's going on with other people? Because that's what I need to move into. How can I, how can I be assistance? God's already got me covered. Um, eternally. God's got you. If you know Jesus, he's got you. So once we get back into that reality, then it's like, okay, so what, what can I do in the midst of these situations? And Paul fortunately, as I said, defined that for us in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, saying that kind love isn't rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrong. So let's talk about those few points together. So kind love, secondly, is not rude. It is not rude. Um, are you aware of your own rudeness sometimes? Do you catch yourself being rude? All of us have the capacity to be rude and we, we may not even realize it when it's happening but we need to know that it does happen and we need to make ourselves aware of it happening so that we can deal with it. And, and it happens in lots of ways. Again, it's a lot of times it's the struggle of we're, we're very much involved in sort of being the noun of our own story and we see things that are messing with that in some way as uh, problems and frustrations and one of our responses is to snap back in, in rudeness. Rudeness takes on a lot of forms but it happens and, and I would say that um, we live in a very rude culture. I think that it's sort of become very much the norm. It's not uh, a gentle culture by a long shot. Um, you still see evidences of kindness and goodness but not much. And um, people are often very rude, very short, um, because of the way that they're looking at life. And you've, I know you've probably heard me say this before, but it's worth repeating. Um, do you ever say, have you ever heard yourself say these words, I don't mean to be rude, but... And you need to know that if you're using those words, or any form of those words, the but that happens right there is you about to be extremely rude. It just is. It's, if you have to qualify what you're about to say with I don't mean to be rude, you're about to be rude. That's part of the deal. And I'm sure you've heard me, heard me say this before too. If someone says to you, I don't mean to be rude, but here's what I want you to do because I give you a little moment there before they launch in and I've told you this before. Remember this, a very powerful um, uh, tool in the life of a disciple. So they say, I don't mean to be rude, but here's what you do. Why would I do that? You're actually helping them to catch themselves being rude. They won't get it that way. And what you just did seemed probably very rude to them. 
Well, that was rude. No. I was helping you. So, look, when you feel the need or the urge to be rude, uh, you need to quit looking to blame what's going on in someone else and ask God to do a quick check on what the problem is. There's a problem. That, that thing that's in you is being triggered by something. It's usually you. And most of the time, it's because things aren't going the way you want them to, and so you're going to snap back. We have a tendency to really... Um, I see this often happening with people that are uh, in positions where they, they're serving us in some way. People are always rude to those people. I'm shocked, really, at the level of rudeness that people have on Winn-Dixie cashiers, uh, McDonald's counter workers, um, drive through people, uh, you know, you name it, um, waiters, waitresses. I'm, I'm constantly shocked at how people who are, seem normally to be, you know, pretty on top of things will just totally change uh, on, on people that are, are there to take care of them. And because it's, you know, if their experience isn't exactly what they expect or want, they get rude. And so we have to be really careful with this. It's the, the, those are the people, the people that are serving you in some way, you should be going out of your way to encourage them. You know, even if things aren't going the way you want, you, you just, you, you need to make sure you take care of them the best that you can. They should never be your targets, ever. They should be the people you're going out of your way to encourage. We live in a very service-oriented area, and so we've got to be really good with this. You know, um, there's a statistic that a lot of people in the service business don't want to work on Sundays and, and particularly Sunday lunch and the reason isn't that they want to go to church the reason is they really don't want to wait on church people which is a really sad commentary on us because statistically we're very rude and we don't tip very well that should be the that's, that should be completely the opposite of how we should be perceived when we're out in the world around us we should be the kindest people and we should be the most generous we just should be but we're not. And so we need to think about that. How are we treating the people who are taking care of us? And what does that look like? Um, I like this from the Proverbs. This is Proverbs 30, 32, and 33 out of the message paraphrase. It's a paraphrase, but I like it. It says, if you're dumb enough to call attention to yourself by offending people and making rude gestures, don't be surprised if someone bloodies your nose. Don't you love the paraphrase? If you're, if you're dumb enough to be rude, don't, don't be surprised if something happens. This shouldn't be a shock, because that's what we're doing. Churned milk turns into butter. Riled emotions turn into fistfights. So, we've got to really work on our rudeness. Point three, um, kind love is not self-seeking. It's not self-seeking. Philippians 2, 3 to 5, again in the message paraphrase, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put uh, yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. I like that. Forget yourselves long enough to help somebody else. Always think of yourself the way that Christ Jesus thought of himself. Think the way that he did. Remember, Jesus being our model for life and ministry shows us what that looks like throughout uh, his life and his ministry recorded for us in the Gospels and we see him being very patient we see him spending time with people loving people praying for people seeing people in the crowd calling them uh, uh, forward to so he can be with them and uh, and that needs to be what we're shooting at that it's not all about us that that we're not so self-focused that we can quit thinking about ourselves for a while so that we can 
uh, attend to the needs of others. Uh, I've said this before, but we'll continue to say it. We, we need to live like he lives, see like he sees, think like he thinks, and serve like he serves. And so we, we all need to be working on those things and, and trying to get ourselves out of that role of the noun in our stories and be the adjective in his story. Point number four, kind love is not easily angered. There's a big one for all of us. Kind love is not easily angered. Now it doesn't say love never gets angry because there is an appropriate anger. And dem- Jesus demonstrates appropriate anger in the scriptures. We see him getting upset with the money changers in the temple. There's an appropriate anger and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an anger that pops up again because we're the center of the story and things aren't going the way we want. And, uh, and sometimes we get very easily angered by very, very minimal, minor things. And I'm sure most of you can relate to that. Um, we, we, this, things will start... It often seems to me they, they run in like... There'll be lots of little things that hit you all at once to try and see if you can push the right buttons. And uh, does that ever happen to anybody? Feels like you're being poked. Po- don't poke the bear. You ever hear that statement? Um, sometimes it just feels like... And it's like, okay, where am I going to go with this? And really, are these things worth being angry about? Is this is really something I need to be angry about? Is there something big enough that, that I need to move into that? Or is it just this little tiny frustration things? Romans 12, 19 through 21, uh, out of the message, Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. A few months ago here, um, I got a letter uh, addressed to the church. And uh, I opened it up. And it was a letter from one of the neighbors uh, who was complaining about the noise that we make uh, at night. And... um, uh, (laughs) He said something in the letter, just one of those things that pushes my buttons, is that he said, you know, all the neighbors feel this way. Well, when, I, when somebody tells me that everybody feels a certain way, I immediately want to go to, no, they don't, because I, I know you haven't taken the time to go and talk to all the neighbors to find out that they feel this way. But I would have taken your point in anyway. Anyway, do you see where some, I'm letting something... So I'm reading this letter, and I'm getting... Not that you would, but I'm getting self-righteously indignant. And I'm thinking, you know, who do you think you are? Do you know what we're doing here? You know, <laughs> are you messing with us, really? I know you would never think like that. I'm just, but I'm just, fortunately, I'm in, my, I'm in my car reading this letter. There's nobody around me. I'm reading the letter, reading the letter. And I'm not saying anything, but I can feel myself. And I'm thinking about things that I would like to respond uh, to this letter. And uh, that's all the flesh, see? And then I'm, uh, I'm uh, so thankful that uh, God will cut through that. And uh, he sort of calms me down. He says, you know, is there anything valid to it? I'm sure there is. Um, because sometimes we can probably be a little noisy. And so I, I thought, you know what, here's what we need to do. And this was right at the peak of our season. It was, it was like February, March. And we really make a mess of this neighborhood in February, and March, and April. We got cars parked up and down the streets. They're everywhere because there's, there's not enough space. And so I'm, I am sure we are a great inconvenience to the neighborhood. So I thought, you know what, let's be proactive here. And uh, uh, let's you know, l- legitimize that, um, that complaint and let's see what we can do to kind of cut off other complaints. And so I, write, uh, I wrote a, a really nice letter for, on behalf of the church saying we really apologize. We'll always try and make sure that we have all the noise things done by, you know, 9 o'clock at the latest, 8.30 when we can. And we'll, we'll make sure that we're being aware of the fact that we're sitting in the middle of a neighborhood. 
And so I apologized and sent the letter. And then um, that Saturday, we, uh, we got together cakes and, um, cupcakes and cookies. I had some of you make these things. And uh, we brought them in and we put them on, on nice decorative uh, plates with uh, fancy wrap and ribbons. And we made a bunch of them. And I had Fran go with some folks and they took them to all the neighbors. We took them all neighbors and just said, hey, we're from the vineyard. We want to bless you guys. And uh, two things happened out of that. Um, one, the, the person actually wrote the letter, um, sort of hung his head and said, you know, I never should have written that letter. I was just having kind of a bad day and uh, felt bad about it. Number two, uh, the next day, which was a Sunday, at least six of our neighbors that we know of came to church for the first time because of the cupcakes and cookies. So, yeah, yeah. So, you, you see, um, sometimes you get where that could have gone in a completely different direction. If I'd have followed through on that first little thing that I was feeling, uh, it would have been a much different situation. We'd have been in turf wars by now, probably. You know, who knows where that would have gone. But kindness is always the best way to go. And, and, and figuring out what that looks like is what we need to do. So, um, always figure out what that looks like and, and make sure you're not being easily angered about things that don't matter. Point number five, kind love keeps no record of wrongs. I like the paraphrase of this verse. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, um, it doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. I like that. That's a great picture to me. Reminds me of the sin scale that we've talked about, but it, it just doesn't keep score. It, it realizes, kindness realizes that all of us are a mess and we're all making mistakes and, and we appreciate the fact that God forgives us and that we ought to be forgiving others and always giving people where we can, uh, you know, opportunities to, to just keep on moving on with the Lord. If they're, you know, they're sincere of heart and repentant and all those things that, that we don't keep track of those things in our lives. In fact, this is how we're supposed to handle it. Luke six thirty seven and 38. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The, the scripture there is talking about us moving into the lives of people, not judging, but being forgiving, applying grace, kindness, love, and that as you do, those things get poured back into you by him, which is how we started this whole message. Because God won't be outgiven. And so he, he pours his love back into us and his kindness and his forgiveness is poured back into us in the process. So it's, it's this kind love that we need to have in us and a patient love that we talked about that we, that we take with us to move into the world to be an encouragement, which is what it's all about and what we need to do. And we'll continue on talking about um, how this love displays itself in us in the weeks ahead. But for now... We'll stop for there. If you're watching on television or on video, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We know how valuable your time is. We appreciate it very much. If there's uh, anything that we can pray for for you, um, go to our website, give us a call, and we'll certainly do whatever we can.